to the podcast and I am your host Dia. This week's episode is inspired by life, by my personal experiences and challenges and essentially this whole journey we are all embarking on. And it's also inspired by this particular chapter I read this morning from a book titled A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. In case you guys are unfamiliar, this is a book of her reflections on the principles from A Course in Miracles. So today we're talking about how or why we should be breaking our old patterns and most of the times these patterns tend to create painful experiences relationally and within ourselves. So what are patterns exactly? In this context, patterns are programming, conditioning, our go-to inner dialogue and essentially it is our reactionary behaviors within relationships with others and again with ourselves. These patterns have been building themselves and taking shape since we were children. In fact, the moment we began to have a conscious awareness of our reality, at a very young early age, we began taking cues from all around us, parents, caretakers, other children, our environment, different stimuli, when we get a yes or a no, uh, punishment versus reward, any and all external interactions and observations begin taking its roots in our own mental, emotional, and energetic framework. So it's as if we're building our own paradigm and the way we see, interact, and behave and feel from the very ground up. Very much like building a house. In case you're new here, I love using house as a metaphor. So during this lifelong process, we begin learning what works and what doesn't in our very own unique circumstances and environments. And before I start talking about all this childhood stuff, I like to always acknowledge when we are discussing parenting or caregiving, we're not here to assign any blame. Because when we place blame and responsibility on people outside of ourselves, we take away our own power. And when we choose to step into the role of a victim, we also take on the energy of helplessness. So please do keep in mind that as I continue. And I did a whole episode, if you're curious, uh, it's episode 12 on transforming victimhood mentality to one of empowerment and gratitude. So here's a basic example. You have a set of very busy parents. They're doing their best to maintain economical and financial stability for their family. And of course, they're also dealing with their own stuff. We're all humans, right? So this dynamic might have left the child feeling uncared for. Perhaps he or she experienced a lack of attentiveness or attention from their caregivers. And what the child begins to notice, though, is that any time the parents were too busy and in their own world, if he or she begins to throw a temper tantrum, this behavior so greatly disrupts their family environment that the parents will have no choice but to go to this child and either punish or soothe them. And over time, this is a pattern that becomes set in this child's reality. If I act out in anger or rage, people will finally pay attention to me. So these patterns can be formed and manifested in so many different ways. For some children, we learn to people please or we learn to become overachievers so that parents will boast about us and be proud of us. Now, I'm really watering this down and giving these really quick and simple examples, but keep in mind any and every repeated themes or interactions we have with our external world are setting foundations for our patterns. The way we show up in various situations, whether that is with others or within our own internal dialogue. 
So as time passes, these patterns become so deeply ingrained in us that it essentially becomes muscle memory. It is our go-to, our safe space, so to speak. It's our routine. It is reactionary. We no longer have to consciously choose. And at a point, there's no moment of delay between someone else's action and our own reaction. It becomes very immediate and it feels natural. So we begin to develop and hone in our so-called personalities. I prefer these things. Those things irritate me greatly. I can't deal with these types of people. I can only handle those kind of situations. We begin to unconsciously place ourselves in these very neat little boxes because it is a form of self-preservation, survival, and protection. We want to be able to navigate through whatever life throws or whatever people throw at us with a degree of refined expectations from our own reactions. And this begins to become problematic because we all have our own unique ways of dealing with things and our own feelings and thoughts. We grow up and then we're exposed to so many different people at school, on the playground, at work, with new friends and partnerships. Our long-time formed patterns begin to create friction between ourselves and others, begins to create separateness and conflict. But those are all good things in a sense and I'll go into why. So what I want to talk about today has nothing to do with whether a pattern of ours is wrong or right, correct or mistaken, good or bad. It is a simple and loving invitation to lean in to those patterns we all have, everybody has it, and to see if some of them has hurt us or perhaps we're ready to shed light and release some of those old patterns and create new ones that allow us to align to our current vision and truth. That will also make room and space for us to continue to expand and to evolve. A journey of remembering our real self before our house became so cluttered with noise and junk, with people coming into our house and dropping off their own ideals and beliefs and either force or influence us to add new furniture and pieces, so to speak. And that continuing on with these layers and layers that one day we are standing in our own living room and we can no longer remember the beautiful home we were born with or into. Recognizing and breaking free of patterns that no longer serving us is a process of release, a process of turning on the lights and opening the windows. It is a loving process but it might not be an easy or comfortable one. It is also not a one-time spring clean session. It's gradual. It comes in cycles. And with each triggering of an old pattern and a poke at our wounds, it is an invitation to reclaim our power. We have the ability to respond this time, no longer needing to be swept away by what we believe is our natural reaction to people and situations, our innate and natural birthright, oscillates with loving compassion, with boundless curiosity, and with connection rather than separation. That is our human truth. Before we dive deeper into the practical applications and contemplation, I want to read this quote, and unfortunately the source is not known to me, but I, I really appreciate this quote. The most important spiritual growth doesn't happen when you're meditating or on a yoga mat. It happens in midst of conflict, when you're frustrated, angry, or scared. And suddenly, you realize that you have a choice to do it differently this time. 
And this is a choice that cannot be taken away from us, no matter what our constraining ego or beliefs want us to think. And so often we say things like, what you said made me angry, your action made me feel unloved, your behavior hurt my feelings. No one can make us feel anything. Of course, besides an actual threat on our physical safety and security, and I do want to acknowledge this. And I also want to acknowledge that many of our pain and wounds often do manifest in verbal and emotional unintelligence. We tap into a space of fight or flight, then do or say things we often regret afterwards, and I'm most definitely not advocating for anyone to tolerate abuse of any shape or form. But when we feel hurt, our responses can be either run as far away from this as possible or inflict the same kind of pain on the other person so they can feel what it is I'm feeling right now. And what this does is keeping both participants in a looping feedback cycle of attack and miscommunication. The desire to love and find connection becomes a battleground for war and victory. Nobody wins in a fight like this. Not if your common goal is to create harmony and love and accept one another and to feel seen and cherished. And let me interject here. If this is the first time you're listening, I want you to know that I'm not here to preach. I am here as a student. The topics that I choose to discuss on this podcast are often the areas of life where I've struggled with the most. So from my heart to yours, this is a journey we are all on and you're not alone. I am not here to speak at you. I am here walking alongside you. So patterns can be recognized by reflection when we sit with ourselves and we contemplate. And it can also be brought to light by awareness. Awareness is something that is cultivated with practice and with patience. For years and years, and even still to today, I am someone who always took everything so personally. I I always get offended very easily. And I can admit that. So if you try to discredit or disrupt my view of my own identity, my usual go-to is attack mode. (laughs) Essentially, the kitty claws come out and I'm ready to fight. I... I had a very enlightening experience a few months ago when the words coming out of someone's mouth was beginning to trigger a wound within me and I started to feel this need to defend and attack. Then I remembered a passage I had read the day before. So in this very instance, instead of allowing the words to feel like a personal attack, I simply allowed them to pass through me without sticking to me. There was no real power in those words that were spoken. If there were any power, I was the one giving them power. To disrupt my own inner peace, to question my own understanding. And so when this happened, when I allowed my heart to unclench, and I felt my anger melting and subside, when it was my turn to speak, I was able to inquire and ask questions to clarify the dialogue. And it was one of the best interactions I experienced. There was no ensuing war, only the mutual desire to come to an understanding. So we recognize our patterns by tapping into awareness. The moment you begin to feel clenchy or like there's a rock at the pit of your stomach, there's a heaviness in your chest, perhaps your temperature is rising, maybe your anger is knocking at your front teeth. This is a moment of choice. And it might take a few times or many, many times to be able to find that very 
elusive pause during a rising conflict. And that's okay. But remember this, that every time a situation elicits an emotional response from within us, this is not a challenge. This is an opportunity. And with time, we're able to tap into this awareness and catch ourselves with much more ease. Here's another quote from Marianne Williamson. The ego is our pain, but it is what we know, and we resist moving out of it. The effort it takes to grow out of painful patterns often feels more uncomfortable than remaining within them. Personal growth can be painful because it can make us feel ashamed and humiliated to face our own darkness. But the goal of personal growth is the journey out of the dark emotional patterns that cause us pain to those that create peace. She continues to write, According to psychotherapy, purpose, process, and practice. At their peak, religion and psychotherapy becomes one. They both represent the relationship between thought and experience to celebrate one of the most glorious human potentials, our capacity to change. I would like all of us to take a moment right now and make a very loving promise to ourselves. We can choose to heal and we can choose to change. This is our power and our magic. So the first step in breaking free from old patterns is acknowledgement, but it is acknowledgement without judgment. There's no shame in our imperfections. It is what makes us beautifully human. It gives us the desire and the space to grow, to evolve, to transform. It allows us to move forward with purpose and intentionality. So over time, we will start to establish new patterns. And this happens not only on an emotional level, but on a physiological and energetic level as well. And this is where the healing is tangible and palpable. We begin to catch ourselves in old patterns and realizing in moments we hold the power to choose differently this time. Instead of defense or attack, we get curious. Why is this theme or why are these interactions still showing up in my reality? What is the remaining lesson for me to embody and to integrate? And you know, this whole self-work thing doesn't have to feel tedious or heavy. Of course, in the moment when there's any conflict that arise in our life, it is very unpleasant and it brings much discomfort. But I want us to all reframe this perception. Discomfort is a gift. Discomfort is an invitation. It is our opportunity to love ourselves even deeper and to love and accept others as we've come to accept ourselves and to allow relationships with anyone to be a mirror rather than an enemy. I'm going to read from the book um, this antidote Marion wrote in this chapter. So she's talking about this moment she had with a particular person and this is what happened. I was once talking to a friend and he made some comment about he was afraid that if we got closely involved, one of us might get hurt. Which one of us are you concerned for? I asked. He answered, you. I felt an anticipatory rejection. I was angry and I told him so. That's what I mean, he said. You obviously take things so personally that I don't think I could stand it for long. I knew that this was a moment I had repeated in various ways with various people. And I had asked for healing many times. I was open. I asked him, tell me honestly, how could I have done it differently? What else could I have said? 
you could have just smiled and said, don't flatter yourself. I was so excited. I was like an eager actress working with a Greek director. Oh, that's so great, I said. Let's go back and do that scene one more time. Say what you said again. You know, Marianne, I just have this awful feeling that if we really got together, one of us would get hurt. Which one of us are you afraid for, I asked. You. I looked at him and smiled. Don't flatter yourself. He laughed and I howled with excitement. This had been no small awakening. It was a genuine empowerment, a reprogramming of my emotional computer in an area where I had unconsciously gone for an unworkable response pattern every time. I now established a new groove, a new set of possibilities. Initially, I had chosen the way of anger. Now I chose the way of love. I did not have to be a wounded animal. I could choose to identify with my own strength, which was in fact the more natural role for me to play. I could choose to see others through a generous, trusting nature. In accepting the atonement, the correction of our perceptions, we are returned to who we really are. Our true, purely loving self can never be uncreated. All illusions will be undone. Although experiences such as childhood trauma can lead us to deviate from our true nature, the truth itself is held in trust for us by the Holy Spirit until we choose to return. So this is on page 155 of her book. And if you have trouble with the word like Holy Spirit, which I I still don't know how I feel about it, you can always replace it with any word you like, the universe, source, anything. <laughs> so listen... I've been through some of my patterns a million times. There's been so many moments where I couldn't contain my own emotional reactions and I've said and done things I knew better not to. I've put dents in relationships, I've hurt people with my words or actions, and I am still learning and discovering and dismantling my own patterns every single day. So as I always say, if you find it easy to love or to sympathize or to extend kindness and compassion to other people, please remember to do the same for yourself, always. Shame and guilt and regret builds walls, but openness and curiosity and gentle lovingness are boundless. It is the canvas for growth, for coherence, for inner peace. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Feel free to check out the Modern Pen Pal community if you're interested to receive heartfelt letters from me straight to your inbox. You can just visit penpals.herewithdia.com penpals.herewithdia.com We also have a Facebook group and an Instagram page. If you have the time, I'd actually really appreciate it if you could leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts so that we can continue to grow this community or share it with anyone who might resonate with these stories. And until then, I am sending you all so much love. Mm-hmm.